Well, Luke 8, 4, 21, 8, 4 through 21 has a, a focus on hearing the Word of God. So even as we read the Word of God, we're going to be thinking about hearing the Word of God. So give your attention now, as Jesus will be saying in this passage, give your undivided attention to God's holy, inspired, and inerrant Word, where it tells us. When a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell onto the good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that, in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care, then, how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given, And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. May God give us ears to hear his holy word today. Well, C. Everett Koop may be a name that you are uh, uh, acquainted with. Uh, C. Everett Koop was the Surgeon General of the United States during the Reagan administration and shortly after. And before he became Surgeon General, he was Surgeon-in-Chief of Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. On one occasion, one of the nurses there at the hospital invited Koop to visit 10th Presbyterian Church in the city center where a great minister by the name of Donald Gray Barnhouse was the minister. He he went to the church, but he remembers thinking, I don't believe anything this man is saying. But he was so taken by the compelling preaching of Barnhouse that he went back week after week for an entire year. And a year later, he stopped and reflected about the past year, and he says, well, now I believe everything this man is saying. 
And that's how C. Everett Koop became a Christian and eventually became an elder at 10th Presbyterian Church there in Philadelphia. Well, according to the teaching of this passage before us today, this is how anyone becomes a Christian, through hearing and believing the Word of God. Specifically, the good news of the kingdom of God. Now, if you back up a couple of verses there to, the, to, to verse 1, you see that Jesus has been going from village to city, proclaiming and preaching the good news of the kingdom of God, as it says there. Jesus himself is that good news. He is the good news. He is bringing God's kingdom to earth that has been ravaged by the curse of sin and bondage to decay and to people under the guilt and power of sin and death. He's reversing the curse. He's cleansing from sin. He's destroying the works of the devil and he's bringing peace with God and salvation from sin and death and hell. He is the good news. He is the word of God. Now in order to receive the salvation that he brings, we must hear the word. Hold it fast in an honest and good heart, as it says there, and bear fruit with patience. Whoever with due attention and a yearning of salvation listens to the message and by means of the exercise of faith obeys it, yielding fruit will receive the blessings of salvation in an ever-increasing manner. And then one day in its complete fullness... Yet many will not listen. They will not hear and they will not believe in Jesus and the salvation he secures for all who turn from sin to him for salvation. And this parable, this first parable that Jesus tells explains why that is the case. First of all, you have the seed that falls on the hard path you know, a farmer goes out and he's got the ground around and he's flinging seed everywhere and that seed will be plowed into the dirt. That's how they did it back then. And, and it will, some will take root, but some will fall on the hard path, the walkway, where the, hard, the ground is hard, like, like the ground in all of our yards because we've had no rain for so long. Nothing can grow and it's getting burned up. We'll talk about that in a minute. But that hard ground, the seed can't get in it. It can't germinate. Well, the seed is the word of God is being broadcast. It's the good news of salvation that's put out there. And the birds or the devil, the, the, the devil symbolized by the birds, comes along and takes the seed away. Takes the word from their hearts, it says there in verse 12, so that they may not believe and be saved. Well, this could refer to any number of people. Uh, people who are come to the, the teaching of, of Christ with skepticism or who just outright reject Christianity. Or it may also mean someone who never really lets it sink in. You know, seed has to sink into the ground in order to grow and produce fruit. And this is referring to people who are skeptics, who are rejecting the gospel, or people who are just completely nominal Christians, who prof profess a general belief if asked, and 
who possibly attend church and observe religious practices, but who make no connection at all between the message and their lives. In other words, the the truth doesn't move them. It doesn't affect the way they live their lives. They may come and sit in church, but it has no impact on them at all. They never think out the implications of the Word of God or the Gospel. It makes no difference to them. Notice that Satan is the one, he's working hard to steal the Word from people. He takes that Word. He doesn't want you to hear the Word. He, He snatches it away quickly. His theology is actually better than many people sitting in church. He takes, he makes more of an effort to snatch away the word than some of us do to hear the word. Do you hear the word? Do you have ears to hear the word? Well, these are people with no faith at all. They don't really have a real faith at all. But the next two soils that Jesus describes, they have something called temporary faith. It's not real faith. It's people who think things, uh, things uh, of, the, of the scriptures looks good, it's attractive, but they really aren't invested in it. First, you have the rocky soil. The rocky uh, soil are the ones on the rock who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy. Sounds great, but they have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing, fall away. When the heat comes, like we've been experiencing over the past several weeks, because there's no roots way down in the soil to draw water, they dry up and die. You think of someone, uh, think of it in terms of a relationship. Someone who initially enters into a relationship with another person, they like the idea of the relationship, but as soon as things become inconvenient or uncomfortable or difficult... They give up. Well, embracing Christ, following Him, will guarantee you that sometimes your life will be inconvenient, uncomfortable, and difficult. This could probably refer to people who have a, a merely emotional response to the gospel. They may be in distress. You know, they may have problems, real problems in their lives, and they, they really want some kind of love or help. And they hear that in Jesus. But they never really have thought things out and become really convinced of the truth of the Word. It's only true if it works for them. And so when difficulties arise, it seems totally untrue. It doesn't, it's not working for me. We don't listen to the Word of God and embrace it just because it works for us, just because it gives us what we want. That's the attitude these people have. They, they want Jesus not for himself, but for something that he can give them. Really what they want is the something that Jesus can give them. Jesus is just a means to an end. But when things get difficult of actually following Jesus, where he tells us to go, well, that's too hard and that doesn't work for them and they give up. And ultimately, this, this second rocky soil speaks of people whose main problem is their flesh, their own sinful hearts. The sinful heart can, 
lead people to respond to the gospel only to a superficial degree because they just want comfort and blessing. When any real trials or difficulties appear, their superficial faith response melts away. And they'll think, oh, well, that doesn't work for me. Well, then thirdly, you have the thorny soil. The seed fell in amongst the thorns and the thorns choke it out. It maybe sprouts up a little bit, but can't really grow because of the, the weeds and the thorns. They're choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. These are people who, they like the message of the gospel, but other things are more important. They like the word of God. They want to be counted amongst those who are followers of the word of God, but other things rank higher in their priority list. And as time goes on, they are less and less interested in the Lord and in his word and ultimately in his church, and they lose interest and eventually disappear. They want to pursue other things. They feel like they need to pursue other things, other things that they care about. Maybe it's riches or other pleasures of life. And they bear no fruit. It's false faith. It's a temporary faith. But then some falls on the good soil, verse 15. And that's those who hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. They hear the word. They hear the word and they hold it fast. They don't throw it to the side when the pressures of life come, when trials come. They don't leave it and neglect it and pursue other things like the pleasures and riches of life. But they hold it fast in an honest and good heart and they bear fruit with patience. We can understand hearing the word, right? I mean, we, we know what that means. We, we hear it. We pay attention to it. We listen to it. You look at uh, the prophets. You look at Jesus. He's always saying, you know, you who have ears, listen. You who have ears, hear what I'm saying. The prophets were all saying, hear the word of the Lord. Hear me. Listen to God. And God condemns people because they don't listen. You don't listen to me. You go your own way. You're not hearing me. So, but we can understand what it means to hear, but where do we get this honest and good heart? We don't naturally have an honest and good heart. So how are we to hold it fast in an honest and good heart? Well, we need Jesus to give us a changed heart. And that's part of what it means to, to embrace the Word, to come to it, submitting to it, and allowing it to do its good work in us, to soften that heart, to give us a new heart, to change our hearts. Look at verse 9. Jesus explains the purpose of the parable here. He says, the disciples came and were asking about the parable. And in verse 10 he says, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that, quote, seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. To you, it has been given. It's a gift. 
It's a gift to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. The mystery is the word there, the word, the Greek word mysterion. The word mystery in the Bible is not like, uh, not really like the word uh, we use. We think of a mystery as something that's, that can't be explained, that's beyond our comprehension, that may even be beyond anyone ever understanding. But that's not how the word is used in the Bible. When, the, when Paul, especially, Paul uses the word mystery uh, over 20 times. When he uses the term mystery, and when the, Luke is talking about the mystery and Jesus is talking about mystery, he means something that would have remained unknown had not God revealed it. Jesus was a mystery, and the implications of who he is is a mystery because it's not revealed clearly to everyone, but when it is revealed, it's because God reveals it. It's a divinely disclosed secret. Those who hear the, and hold fast the word in an honest and good heart do so because it has been given by God. And the reason I'm telling you that is because I want you to be thankful. If you can hear the word of God and if you're seeking to put it into practice in your life, that's a gift from God. It's not because you're cleverer than everyone else. It's not because you're more spiritual than everyone else. It's because God gave you the gift of ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive his word. So give glory to God for that. But Jesus goes on and he quotes Isaiah 6. This is the episode where Isaiah is in the temple and he sees the Lord and all of his glory there and there are angelic beings uh, praising the Lord, saying, holy, 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 and Isaiah just says, I'm undone. The Lord is, you know, so holy and I'm a man of unclean lips and I live amongst the people of unclean lips. And then this angel comes at him with a coal from the altar and I'm sure Isaiah's going, oh, well, this is the end. It's over. And he touches his lips and he says, I've cleansed you. You say you're a man of unclean lips. Well, now you're cleansed. And God says, who will go for us? Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am. Send me. And what a mission he got, right? That's what he's talking about. God says, I'm going to send you to this people and nobody's going to listen to you. That's not a great preaching gig right there. You're going to be a preacher and no one's going to be converted. No one's going to be saved. God tells Isaiah this, and this is what Jesus is quoting. Go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. So Isaiah came and he preached plainly to the people in his day. But they wouldn't listen. They hardened their hearts. God sent Isaiah to these hard-hearted people to hold them accountable. They were graciously told the truth repeatedly by Isaiah and other prophets as well. But the people refused to listen. And they'll be held accountable before God for how they did not listen even though 
the preacher was sent to them. Look at verse 16. Jesus says this. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. If you've been enlightened, if, if, if the Lord has shined the light of his love and, and understanding into your life, that should bear fruit in your life. It, it should shine forth in your life. If there's no light there, if it's hidden, then you really haven't heard the word of God or responded appropriately to it. Verse 17, and here's the same thing he was saying to the people in Isaiah's day. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. See, everything will be discovered. Nothing can be hidden from God. God knows our hearts completely and totally. He knows your heart. He knows who you are and what you are. Therefore, because of this, because you know that you'll have to be held accountable before God, you need to, as Jesus says, take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. So again, take care how you hear. Listen to God's word. Continuously put yourself in a position to hear God's word. If you want to get wet, there's a number of things that you can do, right? You can go and turn on the shower and stand under it. That'll, that'll get you wet. Or you can go outside if it ever was raining, and you can stand out in the rain. Or you can run out the front door of the church, and you'll hit water in about 100 yards. And there are other ways as well to get wet. But you're not going to get wet standing in the Sahara Desert. You're not going to get wet in other arid places. If you want to have the, the Word of God have effect in your life, you've got to put yourself in the way of the Word of God. You've got to pick up the Bible and read it yourself. Very few Christians have ever read the Bible. Or read it regularly. You've got to take yourself to church where you can hear the word of God faithfully expounded. God has commanded this. God has supplied this for us, for his people. The word of God needs to be heard for it to have its effect. And when you do that, Jesus says, you will receive more. The one who has, more will be given. More of the blessings of salvation will be poured out upon you. Isn't that a wonderful promise? God is so gracious to us that he opens our hearts and our minds and our ears to his word and he's pouring in spiritual blessings through the spirit applying the word to our lives. So if you have heard the word, if you have ears to hear the word, believe it. Hold fast to it. Keep reading it and listening to it being expounded at church and other places. This is how God transforms and blesses his people. And those who take care how they hear will receive more and more spiritual blessings. And thus we will demonstrate that we are part of the Lord's family. That last section, when Jesus, Mary, and his brothers 
come to the house. Uh, there's too many people around for them to get in. And somebody said, hey, your mom and your brothers are here. And Jesus makes this point. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. My sheep hear my voice. Do you hear God's voice today? Are you listening to God's voice? Are you hearing it and embracing it and taking it into your heart and holding on to it and putting it into practice in your life? It's a little more complicated than just getting wet. Yes, you've got to put yourself in the way, but you've got to read it. You've got to come to try to understand it. You've got to pray for the Holy Spirit to work it into your life. It's good news. Jesus went around proclaiming good news. Something we ought to read about and enjoy listening to. May God give us ears to hear the good news and cling to it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gospel, the good news of salvation. And Lord, we pray that we would hold it fast and that it would transform our lives by the work of the Holy Spirit applying your word to us. And Lord, even now as we come to your table, we pray that, that we would reflect upon the great sacrifice that you have made in order to make it possible that we could be part of your family, that we could, that we could be reconciled to God. God and man could, be, could come together. Thank you for being, Jesus, the mediator between God and man. And Lord, may we cast ourselves completely upon you, come to you humbly, and may your word have its effect upon our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.